on this episode of In The Rack Podcast. Let's look at the time aspect. So in network, you might get 30 minutes. Let's just call it 30 to 60. All right, let's let's be a little conservative and say it's 30 to 60, okay? But you're gonna be split between a PT, a PTA, a PTA, most likely. Out of network, it's 60 minutes, one on one. Welcome to In The Rack Podcast, where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple hows in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to them. Now, let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 14 of In The Rack Podcast. I am your host, Chad, and with me is my co-host and fellow physical therapist, Nick. Today, we have a good episode for you. In fact, we've been jonesing for this episode for a while, and it's uh, it's the great old debate and talk about insurance. And for all of you guys that know us or that have been following us know that we've made this huge transition in the last couple of years to a... Um, cash-based model or an out-of-network-based model, however you want to determine it. And it's it's been for several reasons, and I think we're going to cover those reasons today. But this is one topic that I think we're going to dive pretty deep in today because we want you to understand the, the things that insurance companies either don't tell you or don't want to tell you or nobody's told you because they don't want to step on anybody's toes. But we don't care about stepping on anybody's toes around here. So we're just going to go for it. So... <laughs> Um, so specifically, we're going to be talking about how insurance pertains to physical therapy and the physical therapy that you're receiving. So we want you to be more of an informed consumer when it comes to insurance. So we want to give you a better idea as to you know why we've changed our model to a cash-based physical therapy model, but also you know you know what your options are going forward. What the first thing that I do want to clear up, and and I know that this is something that's been talked about on multiple podcasts, but um, the term cash-based is is definitely one of those terms where it's more like an industry standard and people don't understand. They're like, oh, do you have to pay cash to go there? Wait, can I use my card? Can I pay check? No, no, you can pay all those things. We we tend to call it more of a patient-first model here. Uh, instead of calling it cash-based, we're out of network. And that's that's basically how we define it. So no, we do take cash. We love cash, but it's not the only form of payment. Uh, but this is the model that we've we've transitioned to. So I wanted to clear that up before we kind of get into into the podcast. So um, the patient first model, I think that's something that you know both Nick and I have really kind of been striving for the last couple of years. I mean, in the last ten to twelve years that I've been practicing, I've definitely seen a lot of you know ups and downs and changes, and witnessed a lot of things that these insurance companies have been doing that have been creating nothing but disservice for for their for our patients and as well as their patient care. So we want you to be able to understand, you know, how how we feel about it, but also to can benefit more from an out of network model versus a traditional in network model. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for for everyone listening, it's it's very helpful to think about other types of insurance when we talk about health insurance. So consider, you know, your homeowner's insurance or auto insurance. And we all have it because, you know, you, you either have a, you own a home or you, you have a car or, or multiple and something may happen. You know, you maybe on the car, you need an oil change. Uh, you need some routine work, you know, or, or you need new brakes, new tires. And no one expects your 
insurance coverage to cover that cost, right? Same thing with the home. Say something breaks in the house, a furnace or, or, or something that needs repaired. The homeowner's insurance doesn't cover that. It's covering the, uh, you know, the, the traumatic stuff, the, the big stuff that we can't necessarily predict is going to happen um, or when it's going to happen. And hopefully it doesn't. Th- those types of things don't happen. But same thing with health insurance. But we've gotten into this, um, this culture where we just assume that, oh, something's wrong with me. My health insurance is going to cover it. You know, and we're at a time right now where as a society, we are, you know, at a, at a very unhealthy state as a whole. And when it comes to orthopedic stuff, a lot of the stuff we're dealing with is a result of lifestyle and behaviors, right? We, we live in this comfortable, comfortable culture that it, it breeds lack of movement, um, you know, lack of position changes, all that kind of stuff. And that can lead to problems with joint pain, muscle pain, all that kind of stuff that we see in the outpatient setting. And our healthcare system is structured very, very well for these traumatic and these acute issues, right? We do a great job of that, whether it's, you know, some kind of injury or a heart attack or something like that, but we don't do well with the chronic issues, right? So we have this great acute model that has these acute treatment plans that work really well, but then we try to do the same thing. We try to use the acute treatment plans on chronic issues, you know, or issues that have been years in the making and it just doesn't make sense, right? They don't match up. So we have this issue where the the physical therapy, the, the traditional, the insurance physical therapy model has been created as a way to try to treat these issues that are largely years in the making, long-term issues, but we're trying to use this acute kind of frame and foundation to treat that and it's just not it doesn't work right it doesn't work very well so we've all everyone either has been in the situation themselves or they know someone that has gone to physical therapy and then stuff just came back right at some point later on and that's the typical you know snowballing of the the insurance model and that's what we wanted to get away from because we were experiencing that ourselves we were putting in all this this hard work and effort trying to see as many people as we could help as many people as we could, but people were just coming back in and then they're coming back in sooner and sooner and sooner. It was like, how can we stop it? Yeah, I guess the question was, were we really helping them as best as we could? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I would we probably were. say no, yeah, which kind of sucks we were, to say. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, we were still doing uh, better than most, and that's me being biased because I think we're awesome. But um, I will say that we were not providing as much of a service to our patients as we currently are. That's for sure. And I think some of that has to do too with um, this profession as a whole is, is it's coming around, you know, and, and I think some of that has to do with our, our governing body. So if any of you out there that are PTs or you're familiar with physical therapy, uh, we have something out there called the APTA, which is the American Physical Therapy Association. I'm not bashing them at all, but I will say that they have been slow to kind of keep up with the times. And I think they're coming around now. The last CSM I heard was pretty good. I might go to the next one, all depending. But, um, and I think that, you know, getting them to see the benefits of a movement that's happening with out of network clinics popping up is, is getting, it's, it's coming around, but it's not as quick as it should be with them. And, you know, I, I, I will say this, I mean, there's, there's some things that I found them saying on on online and in, in response to the cash based model and and it goes something like this if you are going out of network then you've got to be sure that your community will support this type of practice that's the first thing that they say okay that's from the outside looking in that's a good piece of advice 
But if you're in it, then you know that that's a real shitty piece of advice because we're in, and I'm going to do a little shameless plug here for my guy, Danny Matei at that PT Entrepreneur Podcast, because I'm part of his big group and we've got, I don't know, 150 plus people in the group right now and they're all over the country and all of those communities are supporting this type of practice right now. So that right there is null and void. So we, we need to get that out of the gutter. We need to stop pe- people saying, oh, it's not going to work where I live. It's not going to work where I am because it works everywhere because you're providing an amazing service for people. You know, you just have to uh, educate the people on seeing the value of the service that you're providing. And, and that's the important thing. It's our job to do that. So in addition, the APTA also said that um, they suggest that you ask your current and prospective patients their opinions about out-of-network services. Now, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Because you're going to say, hey, would you like to uh, come in and pay you know, X, Y, and Z to have this type of service? They're going to say no. They're going to want to go through insurance because you didn't tell them the value first. That is horrible. So I think that we're, we're coming along. I think they're starting to realize it. And I think because of the way that insurance is going with all the cuts and the decreased reimbursements that's happening, a lot of people are making these shifts to hybrid clinics. They're going to have to make a choice. And I think that they're going to have to choose, you know, to see the benefit because if they don't, then, you know, people are just going to continue to not not support them as well. So, And I think that's a good way for all of us to put pressure back on the insurance companies, right? Because the insurance companies, we all have health insurance. You need it because if something, you know, catastrophic happens, you need that there. But the consumers don't have any leverage on the insurance companies, right? The insurance companies can increase these rates and we still have to have it. We don't have any leverage. So the only people that may have some leverage are the, you know, hospitals and businesses that they're in network with. And granted, uh, you know, a small business like us, we probably don't have all that much leverage at all. But if enough people do it and now the insurance companies basically have no friends, they're on the playground, out on the playground on their own. All right. Now they may say, okay, what have we done to really irritate everyone and make everybody again be against us right so i think that's the 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 other aspect of why we move toward this is okay we need to put some pressure back on the insurance companies because if they're going to continue to operate in the way they're operating it's it, we're, we're not going to be have any kind of relationship with them because it's just not fair it's not fair to anybody you're right you brought up a good point i, I totally forgot to even put that on my notes but uh, there is something called POPs in this world, and POPs is a physician-owned physical therapy clinic. And basically, it's a physician-run physical therapy facility. And if what was really aggravating us is we're providing this amazing service in-network, when we were in-network, mind you, and we were providing the same, we were billing the same services. I don't want to say providing the same service because, you know, it was not the same. But billing the same services, but those that were within the network of a POPs facility or uh, connected to a hospital in some way, shape, or form, their reimbursement was much higher. What the hell is that? So like they're providing the same billing service, but getting paid more, but the actual service was worse. I don't understand how that works. So that was like really, really frustrating me. And I know it's frustrating a lot of the private practice owners because, and that's that's mainly the reason why the private practice session was developed in the APTA because like we need to take control over that. But I think we're still having a hard time as a profession figuring out how to do that. And I think branching away from the insurance companies and being our own autonomous practitioner, like we were, you know, thought we were doing when we went to school is like the best way to do it. So, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, it is, it's, and there's so many things that are unfair, right? I mean, it's all, and unfortunately this situation when you have, uh, insurance companies that are, you know, multi-billion dollar, whatever it is, the, the industry, 
it, it comes down to politics, right? And, and when we're working with people in the trenches day in, day out, we should care zero about politics. Politics should be not on our mind at all. And politics in the way of the, the ins and outs of the business side of things, not so much, you know, the politics of what's going on out there in, in the government. But um, yeah, it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be on our thought at all. But the fact that it had to be in the insurance model is a problem because now that takes away from our ability to interact with the patients and give them our 100% attention. And that's a huge, huge aspect of the patient first model, the cash-based model is that we can be all in for 60 minutes, one-on-one and, and, you know, just, just be present with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think let's, okay. So let's start, let's start with the insurance in network versus out of network um, debate. And I want to start by first saying that the fact that insurance has too much control over your own care is the first problem. So insurance basically dictates the care that you're going to receive. And what I mean by that is that, for example, you may only have a certain amount of time to treat a patient because you're only going to get quote unquote reimbursed for a certain amount of time. Or you can only do these types of services because our insurance company doesn't reimburse for this, but this one does. So like Blue Cross will pay for you for this, but United won't pay you for that. It's the same service. But they decided that one was not good, one was good. I don't know. It's 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 so messed up. It's not universal. There's no gold standard. There's so many different reimbursement rates based on the insurance company. Like I'll just I'll I'll throw imaginary numbers out there and I'll just say United will pay you a hundred dollars a visit, but Blue Cross will pay you seventy five. Like what is that? You know, and then you'll have this one over here that'll pay you one fifty. I, I don't understand. You know, so it doesn't make any sense. You know, and some will pay you flat rates. So, and then that's another thing. So they'll pay you flat rates. So for example, like if a patient comes in for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, they're going to pay you, let's just call it $80, right? If you go anywhere else, it's $80. There are some that will pay per unit and that that's another discussion, but units are like, we'll just call it 15 minute increments, but based on how many units you, you bill, that's how they reimburse you. So these huge chain love these flat rates, you know, especially, and this is mainly United, United is known for this. So they love United for the reason that they can double, triple, quadruple book patients, see them for a half an hour, but bill the same amount for each one of them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a factory. It becomes what we call a mill in our industry. And, um, Unfortunately, that's just the way it's gone. But if you listen to a podcast like this, then you'll you'll be able to make your own decision. And then there's also services that you will or will not be approved for. So we'll have patients that would come up and be like, yeah, but my insurance company told me I have 60 visits. I said, yes, approved 60 visits. They're approved, which means I have to ask permission. Nick has to ask permission to say, hey, can I perform physical therapy on you? I only went to school. I only have a degree, but I still have to ask for permission to treat you. So that's how that goes. So every state's different with that. Every state has their own rules and regulations, unfortunately. So I can't speak for every state. We're in Massachusetts. So let me give you some examples on on how this will play a role in a patient's plan of care. So for example, we had a high school soccer player. She had an ACL reconstruction. We saw her right after she had surgery. We run her benefits. And what does the insurance company tell us? Oh, she has 20 physical therapy visits to use. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had ACL reconstruction or know of anybody that's had it, but you need way more than 20 visits. That is complete bullshit. So they get the 20 and then what do they do? They got to pay out of pocket anyways. 
you know, and, and it's unfortunately they can't even get reimbursed in their insurance company because they've already maxed out their visits. That's how that works. So for another, in the state of Massachusetts, we'll talk about in Massachusetts, we have something called HMO plans. Well, I know the HMO plans are everywhere, but HMO plans in Massachusetts require authorization for physical therapy, but not only authorization uh, to get physical therapy in terms of I need to ask permission, but I need authorization from the PCP. So if Dr. Smith, which is the orthopedic surgeon that did your surgery, I can't get that authorization from Dr. Smith. I got to talk to your primary care physician. Let's just call him Dr. Dan. So I got to say, hey, Dr. Dan, uh, Dr. Smith did a surgery for ACL for your patient. I need an authorization. He goes, well, what the hell do you bother me with that for? Exactly. I don't know because you're the one that has to put it in. It's so ridiculous. So now we have to you know, keep them accountable for putting in the authorization so that we can actually see this patient. I can't tell you how many times we've had to reschedule patients because we never got the authorization, never got the, because th- these doctor's offices are busy already. They don't need us knocking on the doors and be like, hey, can you just do this quick, quick thing online for us? Like it's, it's kind of a, a ridiculous kind of program that, that we've got to go through to get, get it done. So, and then you have to get authorization for each body part. <laughs> so, so, so you somewhat, now we start breaking people up into body parts and say, oh no, we authorize you to work on their foot. But you want to touch their knee? No, you can't touch that. I'm sorry. It, or their hip. I mean, and those go hand in hand. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Insurance company doesn't understand how the body moves. And no disrespect to any of the PTs working for these insurance companies, but they're just as bad. You know, they'll talk to you and be like, hey, did you try this? And be like, dude, that, nobody's done that since 1980. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the hell that is. So it's, it's, they really need to get with the times. And that's not everybody. Um, but I will say that any time that you have to get authorization, somebody has to review that, which means you have to plead your case and you pretty much have to, you, you have to advocate for the patient. The patient can't even advocate for themselves and they're paying the premium. So, and that's what happens. So premiums are going up, insurance is getting worse. I don't understand where it's all going. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. the insurance company is. Let's. I mean, let's just be honest. They they're looking to maximize the amount of money in their pocket, right? That that company themselves. So when they're trying, when when they're shelling out money, at least some amount to, you know, allow you to to for the reimbursement rates and for for you to care for this patient. They're trying to trip you up. They're trying to, you know, make you, if you say something that maybe doesn't coincide with what, what they're looking for, then they'll ask for the money back or they'll, um, you know, deny the claim or whatever. So it's crazy that you can't, you have to avoid certain words. You can't, you can't, if you use the word prevent or preventative, nope, you're not, you're not getting reimbursed. It's insane. Nope. They'd rather pay for the surgery. Like, like I said before, where a lot of these things are lifestyle and behavioral, you know, at their root, we're trying to prevent this in the future. But we, we can't say that. We can't say that we're doing that because no, that's not allowed that. Let's worry about that when we, when it actually happens, when we actually get to it, let's not prevent that. But we do it with hypertension we do it with all these other conditions we just no oh no it's the knee pain no way come on we're not preventing that <laughs> i know it's insane yeah and and that's from a clinician standpoint from a business owner standpoint it's even worse so i'll give you an example blue cross and yeah i'm gonna call you out blue cross blue cross in the state of massachusetts i have to define that will send out a letter to all of their patients if they're going to physical therapy so for example they'll get a letter from blue cross saying Oh, we've seen that you're going to pro-farm physical therapy for your knee. Is this related to a work or motor vehicle accident? And you know, if you're like me, you throw most of that garbage out in the trash. You're like, this is so stupid. Why am I getting this from insurance company? You throw it away, right? Well, it doesn't mean anything to you. But what Blue Cross does is if they don't get a response on that, they come at the provider and they start taking payments away from the provider. They've already paid for those services. 
And then you've got to call and be like, what's up with this? Be like, oh, that was a letter the patient didn't um, didn't sign it. Yeah, so call the patient. Like, what the hell? So what, instead of, of doing an investigation on it to see if they've actually you know filed a workers' comp claim or a motor vehicle accident claim, they're like, you know, we're just going to take it away from the provider until the provider does something about it. So then what we have to do is we have to call the patient and be like, hey, um, can you call your insurance company and just let them know that you uh, don't have a workers' comp claim or a motor vehicle accident claim out? They're like, yeah, sure. Why do I got to do that? I was like, I don't know. You just have to. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to bill you because they're taking my money away and I have to, you know, transfer it over to you. So um, there's situations like that that happens all the time. And there's situations where, you know, we'll get a retraction. And and this actually just happened to us not too long ago um, from motor vehicle accident that happened uh, two years ago. So 2019, there was a motor vehicle, vehicle accident. And this patient was seeing us the whole plan of care. And they must have filed this claim after they had um, finished physical therapy up with us. So what ends up happening is they backdate the, the, the accident claim and Blue Cross finds out because they, <laughs> Blue Cross again, <laughs> I wonder why we got rid of them. <laughs> they find out because they do their own internal audit, which I will say they're really good at their internal audits. And what they do is they'll say, oh, that's weird. Somebody else should have paid this. Bam. Let's retract the provider again, you know, and don't do any research on it. So it's, it's, it's stuff like that, that, you know, really makes us not want to deal with these insurance companies. Cause at the end of the day, it's all about the numbers for them. And I, and I get it. I do, I get it. I get it's a business, but you also have to treat these patients too, you know? And for us as the provider or as a business owner, it's uh, very, very frustrating when you get these retraction letters, you know, for something that, you know, a service that you performed, got the patient better and you're being penalized for it. And the dry, the dry needling one was crazy too. So in Ma- Massachusetts is what's considered a gray state when it comes to the dry needling. So basically they don't tell you you can't do it, but they won't reimburse you for it, right? So you can do it and you're just not going to get paid for it, which is fine. And we knew that. So on all our notes, we would write dry needling performed, the next words, not billed in, in parentheses. It's, it's clear as day, not billed every single time. And we got all these payments retracted because their computer, their 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 Autobot algorithm found dry needling in all these notes. But if the computer just went on to the next two words and saw not builds, they'd see that we didn't actually bill it. We just wanted to make it known that it was done because we were putting needles in people. We don't want to just hide that, sweep that under the rug, make known that it was done, but we did not bill it. But nonetheless, the computer couldn't pick up the word not build, the, the phrase not build. It just picked up dry needling. So it was That's the funniest thing, too, because they actually did come up with some dry needling codes. They actually have them. And I think they did it just to shut everybody up, but you still don't get reimbursed for them. So they're just like, yeah, okay, we'll make the codes. We'll shut you up. But oh, yeah, we still don't reimburse for dry needling. <laughs> oh, yeah, those codes, those codes aren't reimbursable. Oh, that's really cool. So, um, yeah, so dry needling is a great tool. Some clinics will charge you for it, some won't. We never did. We never will. It's part of the service that we provide, and they're honestly not that expensive. But um, in the insurance company's eyes, everything needs to have a price, you know. And uh, when we weren't giving them that price, they didn't like it. So, yeah. So, in the state of Massachusetts, we are actually lucky. We have something called direct access. And for all of you people that know what direct access is or don't, it's basically where you can walk into our physical therapy clinic without a doctor's script and you can get treated that day if they have the availability. So uh, we also have something called unrestricted direct access, meaning that you don't need a doctor's note after so many visits or so many days. Um, some states uh, are very restricted in terms of how many days they can see people. So it's, some it's 20, some it's 30, some it's after the initial eval. So it, it all depends on what state you live in. So we're fortunate enough in the state of Massachusetts, we don't have to worry about that. So 
it plays even better into the model that we have because nobody's governing the type of treatments that we're doing. We're governing that, uh, which which means our outcomes are just that much better. So for all of you that don't know that, uh, you have direct ac- direct access in the state of Massachusetts. If you do not live in the state of Massachusetts, just look up or call your PT clinic to see because you could save yourself some extra costs there. That means you don't have to go to your doctor's office and get a script and pay the 40 or 20 or $30 copay that you would normally have to pay. So you should look, everybody should look into that for sure. Yeah. And your physical therapist can absolutely, they might not be able to, you know, quote unquote, diagnose you, but they can help give you some ideas. And, you know, if the physical therapist is doing the right thing and they don't know what's going on, they will refer you out. So it's not a bad place to go first because a lot of these doctor's offices are backed up weeks, right? So now you're just waiting in limbo weeks. We've had people do that all the time where they they say, oh, no, I want to come in. I'm just waiting to see my doctor first. It's like, well, well, why? Well, we can see you in the meantime. We might even be able to see you a couple times before you go see your doctor. And then maybe you can, at, you know, at best cancel that doctor's appointment or we still you still go see the doctor. But in the meantime, you got some help. So, yeah, you utilize the services, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and actually there's there's actually been research done out there and they say that for patients that have seen a physical therapist in an unrestricted direct access state, those patients had 13% lower cost at 30 days and 32% lower cost at 90 days. So it's going to save you money. Yeah. And there's actually a good amount of, a fair amount of low back research that, because a lot of, so low back pain can be super debilitating, you know, compared to some other areas of the body. Um, You know, so we've, we've all experienced it to some extent, but sometimes those episodes can be so debilitating you end up in the ER, right? So there's a lot of people with low back pain who end up in the ER. And if you go to the ER first, compared to physical therapy first, your pain episode actually lasts longer because what do they do? They tell you to stop moving. They tell you to, you know, they put you on meds. So now you're cooped up in bed on the couch and you're just taking meds that's actually masking the pain. So whatever was triggering the pain, or usually it's multiple things, but the things that were triggering the pain, you're just continuing to do. Versus you go to physical therapy first, they may say, oh, this is a trigger for you. Let's modify this, right? And they give you the movement strategies to combat it. So your pain is actually less less intense, you know, in the short term, and then the episode doesn't even last as long. So it's actually more effective. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know that the concept of out of network is really hard for some people to understand because they think that they're actually paying more. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute in terms of how you're actually paying less in the long run. And, and quite honestly, the, the, the traditional physical therapy model, it, it really sacrifices patient quality. It, and it, it sacrifices it for patient quantity. So they need to get the numbers. And that's just how it goes. That's the truth of it. And anybody tells you otherwise, they're lying to you. You know, unless it's a legit clinic like we had that was like only seeing a couple patients an hour where it wasn't. A, but some of these places are seeing three patients, four patients an hour. And you'll be lucky if you see the physical therapist for more than 10, 15 we, minutes. We tops. were also working 60 hours a week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, it, yes, we were working extra hours just to make that still happen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we had four physical therapists at that point in time. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was hard to get all of those patients into where we could still provide enough service for them where we weren't feeling like, number one, we were jipping them. But number two, like we were getting the results that we wanted to out of them. And that's that's a hard that's a hard line to follow. Um, not anymore, though. No, we, absolutely. On that yeah, line we now. are absolutely on that yeah. much more on the quality side for now. For sure. Yeah. So so what's what are like the major benefits of not using your insurance to go to physical therapy? And I say not using. We'll talk about how you can get reimbursed for physical therapy services as well. But going to an out of network facility, I would say that one of the main reasons is 
you actually get to see your physical therapist. That's a weird concept. It is, it is a weird concept. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to get 100% one-on-one time with the physical therapist instead of maybe dividing your time up not only with other patients, but a PT aid, a PTA, who knows? I mean, there are places that PTs literally just do evaluations. They do the evaluation because PTAs cannot do that. And then what they do is they push them over to the PTA schedule. They follow up with the PTA until they're required to have to do a reevaluation, which is what, I don't know, every eight, nine visits or whatever. And then it repeats a cycle and then repeats a cycle and then repeats a cycle. Why? Because it's all about numbers. That's just what it is. So, um, so just know that if you're not getting that direct one-on-one care 100% of the time, you're there, it's probably not the right fit for you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with PTAs and AIDS Correct. To, Correct. To, to put that out there. They're, they're, they're awesome. Um, they can be super, we even have AIDS here and, and That's right. they help when, when needed. Um, That's right. You know, but it's, it's, you know, there, there is something to be said about being able to spend that one-on-one time with your physical therapist time and time again, each subsequent visit versus just the eval. And then you see them, you know, maybe briefly they become more like the, uh, you know, like we've used the analogy before that the doctors in our modern healthcare system are like celebrities. You never get to see them. You're always seeing the, the PA, the nurse, someone else, some other assistant. You're never seeing the doctor asking the questions directly to the doctor. And that's what the, the, that's where the, the insurance model for PTs is trending too, where you're not going to be able to see the PT. You're only going to see them that first visit. And then boom, you, you won't see them ever again until you get discharged. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and if they're being used appropriately, then of course, it's a great service to have. But if they're literally being passed off, because I know PTAs that get passed off patients that are like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? It's, it's legit a factory. So I'm speaking out for you guys too. So number two, I would say contrary to popular belief, you might actually save money by going out of network. And, and what does that even mean? How does that even make sense? Well, all right, well, let, let me bring it through you guys. So a lot of times you'll have out-of-network um, benefits through your insurance company. So what you would typically do is you would go to a PT clinic, you would pay whatever their rate is, and then you would submit what we call a super bill, which is basically a detailed invoice to your insurance company, and then you would get reimbursed what their contracted rate is for out-of-network, minus co-pays, deductibles, whatever it may be. We would say that most people um, have copay or coinsurance. So, I mean, some are having deductibles too. That's, that's not out of the question, but you're going to have a deductible if you're in network or out of network. So if you've got a $5,000 in network, you most likely have a five or more thousand dollar out of network benefit as well, deductible. So, and that's just, that's just what it is. And unfortunately that's getting worse too. The days of not having a deductible are gone. Sorry. If you do have that, that's pretty sweet. I don't have that. (laughs) So, so in network versus out of network in time, in terms of money, right? So time, Let's look at the time aspect. So in network, you might get 30 minutes. Let's just call it 30 to 60. All right, let's let's be a little conservative and say it's 30 to 60, okay? But you're going to be split between a PT, a PTA, a PTA, most likely. Out of network, it's 60 minutes one-on-one with PT. So you're going to see where you're getting your value there. All right, that's the first thing. Second thing is the frequency, the amount of times that these patients come per week. So in an traditional in-network setting, it's usually anywhere between two to three times. I mean, right? Typically? Yeah, yeah two to three I times. Say, I would say two is the, two is the, the norm. The, the norm. Yeah. Yep, two is Sometimes the norm. You get three, yeah. Some you get three. Yep. And and in an out-of-network facility like ours, we see patients once a week, sometimes every other. But it's, it's usually once. I would say that's pretty gold standard. That gives us enough time in between the sessions to see how they're doing, You know how we can progress them. Because if they're diligent enough, and honestly, most of the patients that come to us are at that point where they're going to be diligent, then that one time a week has been 
honestly, the results have been yeah. better. And I would say that's huge too. When you're paying your hard-earned money up front, um, you are going to to be a little bit more invested. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we could debate it all day. But at the end of the day, like I said before, a lot of these orthopedic issues, these modern common ailments that are, are plaguing a large percentage of the population, they come down to lifestyle and behavior. So we need to implement behavioral change. And if someone is going to go to PT and just assume that insurance is covering it, they're just going to be like, ah, well, I'll just do my PT when I'm at PT, right? So that that's not behavior change at all. That's right. That's, that's probably worsening that's right. the whole issue. So when people are paying their, their hard-earned money up front, they're going to be more inclined to implement that behavior change and have a better outcome as a result. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you have frequency. So and then you have duration. So duration Let's just let's just say they're close, even though we know that it's not true. But let's just let's just put them both at six weeks, just so we can make it easy, simple math. And if a patient comes in on an in-network facility and they have a forty-dollar copay, let's just say that that's their expense, so that's their cost for seeing you at in-network. And let's just call for easy math. Let's just say it's one hundred and fifty dollars to see us, right? And you get reimbursed. I would say that the average reimbursement right now is about eighty dollars. All right, actually, it's more. But we'll just call it eighty dollars, just because that's conservative. I actually, think it's more. I think it's over a hundred now, all depending on the insurance. And again, that all depends on the insurance company. Everybody has their own rate. So that brings you to a total cost if you're in network. Total cost between anywhere between six hundred to seven hundred and twenty dollars throughout your plan of care for six weeks, doing two to three times a week for in network. For out of network, you've paid nine hundred dollars, but you got potentially reimbursed five hundred forty dollars from your insurance company. Because they reimbursed you eighty dollars a visit, take that off the top. That's four hundred eighty dollars over six weeks. So you've actually saved yourself almost three hundred dollars and got better care. I mean, that's that's how it works. So it's it's the upfront cost is more, but the long term cost is less. All right, I want everybody to understand that when we talk about the cost, it's the long term cost, not the short term cost. And that's just for one episode. That's correct. <laughs> so that's correct. This person, if you're going to insurance, there is a good chance if you've done this before, you've been back, right? You for the same thing. And maybe it's not, maybe it's a subtle difference, but it's probably the same area, the same issue, the same leg, whatever the case is. So you're going back because that six weeks alone was not enough to change anything, right? We these these, you know, conditions that are being caused by years of whatever it is, you know, movement changes, behaviors in the making, that stuff is going to take months to change. And that's why we, like, like Chad was saying before, we might go once a week and then we'll go every other week and then maybe we'll go once a month. And that's where we can get on this preventative maintenance train that we can help this person or these individuals to stay in front of this forever, you know, give them the tools and strategies to now, okay, let's nip this in the bud whenever I feel it coming on versus I do my six weeks. I feel really good after six weeks. All right, cool. I'm out. I'm, I'm back at it for three months and then I'm back in. All right. Another six weeks, right? So you're just up and down, up and down going through this, this vicious cycle. Whereas you can get into this and, and in the long run, save a ton of money because, okay, now I've, I've saved that money, not only in the first six weeks, but now I'm on this maintenance program. That's in the long term, yeah, I'm paying a little bit, but overall, what I'm going to have to pay every episode of six weeks that I have to go back over the next however many years, it's it's gonna it's gonna build up and it's gonna build up to an astronomical level compared to if I just get on this, you know, the this maintenance program, so to speak. Yeah, and and if you break it down on the visit, 
and you're 10 visits into an in-network facility, that's going to be anywhere between four to five weeks. If you're 10 visits in out-of-network, that could be anywhere between two to three months, all depending on how you're progressing. So the value is actually, you know, increased as well because now you're you're dividing that time up over a longer period of time or the cost over a longer period of time instead of like all right it's five weeks i know i'm going to be out in five weeks instead we'd be like no i mean it, it could be 10 weeks it could be 12 you know it all depends and that's all on the discretion of the patient and therapist nobody else has control over that so so that brings us to the next one that's get better faster so it's pretty simple the care is better you don't have to see us as often but you get better faster so, I mean, we, we can do things that certain uh, clinics can't do. And that can vary by state, but that also varies mainly by the insurance. And that was kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's like, well, a patient's probably going to spend more time doing exercise in an in-network facility because insurance company reimburses more for exercise. So for all of you out there, like, man, I don't get no manual. I don't and, get any manual. And it's where easier I go. to watch from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's why. Yeah. It's easy to watch. Yeah. yeah. And, and. You know, not to get too too d- deep into it, but I mean, a, a PTA or even a PTA, even though that's not a thing, that shouldn't be a thing, is literally taking you through all of your exercises, but you're still billing the same amount and more than what you would normally be billing if you had your hands on the patient. That's just how it goes. So you're going to find that if you're only doing exercises in the facility that you're at, that's the reason why. Ask them how much they get reimbursed for exercise versus manual therapy. You'll be shocked. <laughs> and I would say in terms of get better faster that, it, there's potential that you could get multiple things better faster. We've all had those people that come in and be like, oh yeah, I got, the, my knees bother me right now, but I got this nagging shoulder too. And I can't tell you how many times people will come in and we'll get them in a good place within, you know, say two to three visits with the knee. And they'll be like, oh no, I know, I know what I need to do right now for that. Can we do my shoulder today? Right. So now we start to, and you don't want to do too much, right? Like we don't want to get carried away, but if someone is, you know, showing that onus, ownership over, their rehab process with regard to one area. Well, yeah, heck yeah. If, if, if you're showing me you can handle that, yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit more. I'm not going to get too, too deep into the shoulder or the other area, but yeah, I'll give you some stuff. You've shown me that you can do that. You earn that right to get a little bit more. So now we start to troubleshoot some of the other areas and yeah, they might be inter intertwined and, and connected. Everything is, but you know, as to the extent, you know, that's what we're going to try to figure out. And that's what we have the flexibility to do is now move on to a totally other area of the body and start troubleshooting that. Whereas, you know, with, with the, the insurance model, you'd have to go, go through, jump through all the hoops, you know, get all, get all the authorizations and all that, that kind of stuff. And, and we can just do it, you know, much, much more timely and, and in conjunction with the other stuff. Yeah, you took my number four. That was my number four. So I don't really have to talk much. That's great. So we can treat whatever the hell we want. So if a patient comes in and they start with shoulder and they're like, you know, my elbows really bother me or my knees really bother me, guess what? We'll do it on the next visit. We can do that. We don't need to, like Nick said, we don't need to get approval from the insurance company. We make that decision. As long as the patient is okay with it, it's between us and the patient. It's nobody else. There's no third party involved there. That's the best part about the whole thing. And we'll talk about whatever you want. We'll talk about seed oils. We'll talk about salt intake. We'll talk about <laughs> yes. protein, red meat. Yep. We'll talk about it all. All of it. Shoes. shoes. Everyone talks about shoes. We, we talk about shoes with everybody. Yeah. They could be coming in for their neck. We're going to talk about shoes. So yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like you're not just coming in here, just getting treated for one body part or whatever, you know, you're getting treated for the whole body. 
So, I mean, we could be talking about your shoulder pain one in one second and then, you know, talk about your nutrition, your diet in the next second and talk about your feet on the next second. So it's like a million different topics that, and it does, it gets like that, you know, and, and patients love that, you know, they can bring up anything to us. And sometimes let's just be honest that in our crazy fast paced world we live in today, sometimes people just need an ear, right? Like I just need to get this off my chest. I need someone to talk to. And that's the beauty of this. We got six minutes one-on-one with someone. If you're talking and you have a ton of questions, I, it's been numerous times that people, we've done way less than I wanted to, than I had planned because we talked so much, but I'm okay with that because they left feeling good about it. And you can't do You might get kind of shooed away in the insurance model because they're like, no, I got someone over here that I got to go to or two more people over here. Right. So that's another, it's, it's an undervalued aspect of it that people just feel like they're being listened to much more than if they're in this factory type setting where there's people all over and you know you try to talk and they're clearly not listening their eyes are somewhere else or they're typing and writing notes that's the big one so you you do really you truly listen and you get truly invested in 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 the the care with the patient it's it's pretty cool yeah i mean there's been numerous times where i haven't done any exercise with anybody and we just sat down and talked and that's cool because you know what the power of that mental component of the recovery process is huge and if you're missing that part of it, I mean, we talked about that on one of the podcasts. If you're missing that part of it, man, then you're, you're not optimally helping your patients. And if they just need to get stuff off their chest and they need to talk about something that day, you're here to listen to them. You know what I mean? That's all part of it. If that's not what you want to do, then you're in the wrong field. And you're if you think that's woo-woo, it's not. Because if someone is able to get some of those stresses off, that's going to relieve some of that internal stress. That's going to take away from that stress bucket. And we we know that all pain is a result of, you know, inadequate responses to stress right so we are helping them deal with that pain from a in a different way for sure but we're getting their body a little bit more parasympathetic oh it's great it's fantastic yeah all right so last one number five just because we may not be in network with your insurance company does not mean that you will not get reimbursed or could not get reimbursed and we just talked about this so some of you that have insurance companies that have out of network benefits could get reimbursed for pt services and it actually might be as much of a copay that we would typically have in a network setting so you should check that out we run the benefits here too as well any place that you go to that doesn't take insurance probably does run benefits if they do not i would definitely call your insurance company to find out what those benefits are i will say in the state of massachusetts if you have an hmo odds are you probably do not have out of network benefits but there's still benefit there so you're still going to get better quality care. So um, I don't think it's a waste of money whatsoever. And, you know, you could leave getting a new pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You still got the ice cream. You just don't have the whipped cream That's on right. top. That's, That's right. That's right. Yep. Anything else you want to add to my list, Nick? Um, five. The, the one thing I would add, I think there was a, a paper in 2010. And it was this was more regarding um, concierge physician services. So similar idea where a lot of these, um, it's a lot of uh, primary care that will go to the concierge model or specialties, specializations. But anyway, it's the same idea where you might pay a monthly membership and you're part of the the uh, the services and you can contact the doctor at any time. But again, it's out of pocket. And this paper was basically saying that it's great in theory. Their conclusion was that it's great in theory. But what they were saying was that these practitioners are essentially, there's an insurance issue, but these practitioners by creating the concierge model are just running away from it and they're not taking it head on they're not facing it head on and i thought that was interesting and yeah you could you could make a case for that but i don't think 
that that's that's truly the case for a lot of these people making. I think they they are just thinking about they're not thinking about trying to solve this big world issue right now. They're saying I in the in the now I need to help my patients. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm here to do. That's why I got into this field, and this is my way to do it. They're not saying, oh, well, I'm just running from this insurance issue so I can make more money. That's not the case. That's just people trying to, you know, make make the issue seem or, or they're, ju- they're really just trying to make make it look like make us look like the bad guys. Right. And that's just really not the case. That's not why we went this way. We didn't go this way because, oh, the insurance companies were treating us poorly. We're just going to run from it. That's not, no, we're trying to make these insurance companies also realize that, hey, look, you don't have any friends out on the playground right now, right? You're by yourself, right? We we're out. We're over here having fun with all our. I'm friends. definitely not on the playground right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're over here having fun with all our friends. You got no one, so you got to meet us in the middle if you want to come join the fun. Yeah, and I will say that uh, Nick's absolutely right. Like we didn't go this way to make more money, and in fact, it's actually the opposite. <laughs> we're we're actually making less money, and and it's you know, overall we are because we can't see as many patients and we can't get reimbursed at that rate with that many patients. We're seeing less patients, which is fine. That's what we want to do. We want to be able to help individuals. We don't want to have to help like five people at the same time. It's not right. It's not right care. So, um, yeah, with, with that being said, that was, that was a decision that we had to make and, you know, we're happy we did. So we don't have any regrets. So, what do we have? Oh, did you did you want to say anything else? Was that was that pretty much covering? Everything? I don't think so. I think yeah. that was it. I think everybody gets the point. Insurance sucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got for our next episode, Nick? What's we got another stories episode. episode. Oh, stories, stories coming up again. I know that felt like it was a no. quick turn. Damn, we got more stories. Fast. The stories are fun. Yeah, we're I, trying to do the stories episode every like uh, no, five episodes. I love it, so. dude. I got so many yeah. stories. It happens every day. So we'll have some stories. We'll probably do you know two to three each again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just just have some fun with that yeah and you know hey you never know that story it's gonna click with one of you guys out there you're like dude they never tell my story maybe your story will be told next week maybe it will be we'll see so um with that being said uh the moral what's the moral of the story moral of the story is that your insurance is not the only way and in fact we'll tell you that it's not the best way if we can leave you with any piece of advice this is it it is that you deserve better than your insurance and do not let your insurance dictate your physical therapy care because we sure as hell don't. Thank you for joining us in the rack this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma. And remember, if you train inside the rack, you better be thinking outside the rack.